You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about Everybody has a story, and it's time to write. And I'm very excited to have a special guest with me, Thomas Hewlett. Let me tell you about him. He grew up in Los Angeles, and he was raised on a steady diet of science fiction, fantasy, and all things mythic and paranormal. While he knew he wanted to be a writer at the age of 12, after college he strayed from that path, and he got into drugs and alcohol addiction. At his lowest point, he rediscovered the power of writing, and found the idea for his first novel, One Death at a Time, when a good friend suggested he write a story about vampires in AA. So this should be a great podcast. With the encouragement and support of his loving wife, he decided to combine his experiences of addiction and recovery with his love of modern fantasy and mystery. Welcome, Thomas. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that introduction? Oh, no, that was great. Yeah, (laughs) that's my story. Yeah, it sounds like a really interesting story. I kind of cut that down so we have a couple questions to ask throughout the podcast, but Mm -hmm. I can tell this is going to be lots of interesting stuff for our audience. So thanks for sharing part of your day. I found it interesting that you wanted to write as a child. How do you, how did you like know you wanted to be a writer that early? Well, I spent all of my time, uh, all my free time reading in the library, going through books, and at that early age, I started. I would write like how I thought the story should go or you know, I would take characters down other paths just to entertain myself and my friends. And I didn't know that most people don't do that. Uh, so as I got a little older, I just, I, I just knew that, okay, I have a, uh, I'm being pulled in this direction and this is what I want to do. This is all I want to do. So basically you took books and made alternate endings. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so when I didn't like how the story ended, I wrote my own. I like that. <laughs> so do you believe everybody has a book in them? I believe everyone has a book and a story in them. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily fiction, I think, but I think people have a story in them. Your story is compelling. Even if it's the story of how you started you know, your brand or your company or what led you to do what you do, um, I want to hear that. And I think everyone wants to hear the personal story of, uh, of your life and your business. So I know you wrote a novel. Do you, in, which to me sounds like a lot of pages. Like when I think of novel, I think of Harry Potter. A thousand pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give to people who might feel overwhelmed by that many pages? I would say first, don't set out to write a thousand-page novel. <laughs> but 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 seriously, don't set out to write any page novel. I think don't have an expectation. Just start telling the story, and the story will tell you what it wants to be and how long it wants to be. And I set out to craft um, uh, specifically for. Uh, for an indie publishing kind of world, Kindle books uh, especially, I like them to be quick reads, bring the reader along with a fast but interesting story, and leave them wanting more, and they'll read your whole series. I don't think you need to set out to overwhelm people. 
And then if you do that, you won't feel overwhelmed writing it. You'll just have fun. That's really good advice. A lot of times people come on my show and they talk about, well, I've got this book that's coming out. How do you help them simplify actually getting that done? Is it a certain month? Do they say, I'm going to write 10 minutes a day? Do they say, I'm just going to write a chapter? How did you get through it? Uh, the best advice I ever gotten, which I took to heart and still practice, is that I'm going to be at my desk at the same time every day for the same amount of time every day. Now, whatever that is you can do, if it's an hour every night after you go from work, then that's it. You show up at the desk. Even if you don't write a word, you stay at that desk for the hour. Now, what I found was the consistency and the discipline frees you because you're not thinking about anything else during that hour except the story, except writing. I like that. A lot of times when I coach my clients, I talk about the thinking and the doing and separating the two. I see a lot of people when they start writing the book, they're thinking too much and not doing, meaning like they're correcting their grammar. I want to rewrite that. How do you just push through to get through a draft and then go back and maybe make updates? Well, I give myself permission uh, to write a terrible first draft. And uh, Neil Gaiman said that a long time ago. He said that the first draft has only one job, and that's to be awful. <laughs> and when you think about it, that is, you have to have a starting point that you can edit from. So once you realize that, you're like, oh, I don't have to write a perfect book the first time. I have to write a first draft. And you can accept that, and then whatever you write is useful, and no more pressure. I like that too. That's really good. And what's a reasonable time to finish a book? Reasonable for me is um, because of the schedule of my series. Is I really want to do, and I'm fine-tuning this as I go, but I found that I can get that first draft out in a month. Now, I'm in a position where I'm doing this every day, but I think like um, it can range from anywhere from a year to a month. And I think there's no judgment on, on however long it takes you. If you have an end goal in mind, stick to it and do it. Shoot for it. But I think it's whatever works for you. My first book, I think it took, took me maybe 90 days to actually write it. And then I was mm -hmm. told that it was too skinny, and I had to go back and double that. And I doubled it in, I think it was 12 days between last Christmas and the first of the year. I'm like, I'm just going to double this book, and I got it done. But that was the easiest part. The part I found, I don't know if you've had the same experience, the part I found that was challenging was going through all the editing and reading it over and over. I, I don't think I could read my book one more time. <laughs> did that happen that to you? Hard. It did. The, first, uh, the very first draft of, the, of this book, and I'm on book three by now by the writing, but the first draft of that one, uh, it took quite some time. It did take it like, closer to your timeline. It took like three months. And then the editing... The first draft, my wife looked at it, actually, and she said, you know what, this is not your voice. You know, I, was, I had been channeling a lot of my favorite uh, authors and characters, and it came out in the writing. And her suggestion was, you know what, go back, get deeper into it, find that voice. What do you really want to say? And after that, the editing was a lot easier because it was authentic and it was me. And I saw, I accepted that, you know, part of writing is rewriting. And every editing pass is a chance to, to, uh, to find that authentic voice, find the real you. And so after that, now I see editing as more of an exploration. Well, how do we pare down and get down to what's really going on here? Hmm, that's an interesting perspective. Mine was, the first time I read it, I was like, I can't read this again. The second time, I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> and then the third time, I just... <laughs> 
I gave it to my assistant and said, your turn. Let me know if you see any typos. So it is definitely a process. So fair, fair warning, people, once you get through your book, there's a few more steps to go through. Hey, yeah. tell, us, Thomas, <laughs> tell us about your best-selling book that came out just a couple weeks ago. Oh, so uh, One Death at a Time is a, um, it's a supernatural noir mystery. And the main character, Jack Strayhorn, is a uh, vampire who's just come back to Los Angeles after being away about 100 years. He was a uh, police detective in 1940s Los Angeles, and he got killed during the Black Dahlia, Black Dahlia murder investigation. And so now he's back, and he's on the trail of the supernatural hitman, and he's also trying to just live his life as, this, uh, as a vampire who is afflicted with this thirst for blood that he has to constantly control. So it's, it's the introduction to the world of 12 Stakes. We meet him, we meet the rest of the world, the rest of these creatures, as he kind of stumbles his way through this uh, very noirish uh, murder mystery. So what does noir mean? I saw that in your introduction. I took it off because I wasn't sure how to say it or what it meant. I think it means the color black, right? It does. So noir mysteries are very dark. It is not the uh, cozy mystery you see on BBC. It's much more of a hard-boiled, gritty uh, this is an underbelly kind of examination of murder mysteries. So it's wow. what you think like Raymond Chandler or uh, the movie Chinatown or Devil in Blue Dress. Got it. Okay, that totally makes sense. So you're pretty open that you've had some challenges in life with drugs and alcohol addiction. Tell us, how does that impact your writing? Oh, my writing has sprung directly from that. I'm very open about my experiences because um, I think using my story, using my experience, um, and what I found there, it propels what I do now in that my characters, although they're monsters, how they deal with being who they are uh, directly parallels how addicts deal with addiction and recovery. You know, you have this uh, almost unknowable uh, urge bubbles up inside you. You can't control it. You can't understand it. It takes over your life. How do you learn to use that? How do you learn to find what you think of as a weakness or a disease? How do you turn it into a strength to help other people? And that, to me, is what recovery is all about. And that's what the characters are doing. You know, how do they use their supernatural powers that have afflicted them and turn them into monsters? How do they use that to help each other survive and ultimately to save the world? So what was the turning point where you said, okay, I'm done and I'm, I'm ready to be the writer I am? Because that was a decade or so, right? This was um, uh, about six years ago, yeah. Um, for me, the turning point was hitting a bottom, which is, you know, uh, alcoholics and people in recovery talk about that a lot. But hitting a bottom really means there's nowhere else to go. And... I think this is something many people do, even if they're not addicts or alcoholics. So you, just, you hit that place where you're like, I, I literally can't do this one more day. But what am I doing here? What's my purpose on earth? It's surely not this. So you know what? I'm just going to live it. I'm going to find what I want to do and do it because I've got nothing else to lose. I see that a lot in business. So I know I, I, as a business productivity expert, I know there's people that are just overwhelmed trying to do it all that need my help. And a lot of times they're just not ready to make the change, which is too bad that people have to wait till they hit the bottom before they say, mm -hmm. I'm done. Yeah. I, I would love to find a way to help people before they hit the bottom because it's less expensive, less painful, less change. How do you know you're at the bottom? 
You know, you're at the bottom when you're presented with a uh, very clear and unavoidable choice that you can no longer run away from. You know, do I, do I continue uh, down door number one and just ruin my life completely? Or do I take door number two and try something new and maybe start enjoying my life? And it becomes very clear that you only have these two options. And one has clearly not been working for you. If you want to keep doing it, it's the end. So the only way, the only way forward is forward. And I think that, uh, yeah, I wish it didn't have to come to that point because what I've learned since then is that every day you have that choice. You know, am I going to choose to, to follow my dreams? Am I going to choose to start this business I've always wanted to start? Am I going to choose to allow myself to be successful? That totally makes sense. And I know as we come up to the new year, people are always kind of re-energized at the start of the year and they're ready to make changes. I almost wish our years were only quarters. So every 90 mm. days, people would have that choice of, okay, I need to, to make my change now. Because you're right, it's really painful waiting to totally hit the bottom before making the change. So yes. very interesting. So are your other two books along the same lines? They are. This is... Um when the series is completed, it will be 13 books total. And so book two is introducing uh, another character. There's four main characters in the series. And then uh, <clears throat> book two and three and four will introduce uh, all the rest of them. So how did you know 13 books? Like, did you already map out your whole story and you're just breaking it into chunks? Uh, yes. I, uh, the, the name of the series, 12 Stakes, comes from, it's a play on the 12 steps. So I always knew it would be 12 books plus the 13th step is the, final, the name of the final book, which in the beginning, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of bit off more than I can chew. <laughs> but, uh, but once I realized uh, the story that was involved and the arc of it, the overarching arc of the series, then everything fell in line. And I saw uh, how all the books would develop, how all the characters would develop. And so the outline just fell into place beautifully. It would be great if people could do that for their business. Yeah. Yes, it would. I think uh, if, you could, if you can outline your day or outline your business, I think it would help people a lot. And I help people outline their days and their business, but it would be great if they could look 12 years out and really know where mm. they're going because then they can hit it with full force. So I like that as well. Are any of your books – so you know how Star Wars came out and they had a story, but then they went backwards? Do any of yeah. your books go backwards? Yeah, interestingly enough, you should ask that the book two uh, – Book two and three actually start before book one because in book one you see this something has happened in this world. There's been a huge power shift. There's lots of wreckage. People are all over the place. A war has started in this underground supernatural world. Book two takes us back to how did this all start? And I think there's a word for that in writing, but I can't. It doesn't come to mind. Oh, uh, uh, prequel. Yeah, yeah. You're doing prequels. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. It's a nice shift in rhythm when you get people invested and you have all these questions and then you, you take them back to show them like, ah, this is where it comes from. So besides writing, do you also coach or do anything outside of the writing? Uh, no, I don't. I've been working towards um, the series and the writing is my main priority. Um, but I'm starting the seeds of how do I tell other people about this? I didn't realize that for a lot of people, writing is considered very hard. And I don't think it is. I don't think it needs to be. I think that's a decision we make, telling ourselves, oh, writing is hard. I don't have anything to say, when in fact, writing can be quite effortless. That's true. I actually like writing, and people say I'm a good writer, but it, to me it takes 
work, or maybe I should say energy, because I want to make sure that my ideas are flowing the right way. I don't get stuck on, mm-hmm. on words. I, get, I put a lot of thought into what am I trying to say and am I communicating this as easily as possible. So I bet other mm-hmm. people may have that same feeling. I think they do. And I think the, um, the key, at least for me, is to free myself of expectations. And I don't want to, I do think communicating concisely and clearly is important in the editing process. But in the writing process, I think it's just, let me just say everything I want to say as authentically and honestly as possible. And then it's coming from a place inside, and it, it flows freely at that point. If you just give yourself permission to be yourself and say what you want to say. No judgment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So where can people find your book? Uh, you can find it on Amazon right now. It's, uh, book one is still on special for 99 cents. Um, and you can also find information about me and the rest of the series at uh, 12stakes.com. And stakes is S-T-A-K-E-S. <laughs> Not the food, right? <laughs> no, stakes like steak through the heart. And 12, is that spelled out or is it numeric? Spelled out, yes. No, spelled okay. Out. 12stakes.com. Awesome. So let me ask my signature question since I'm a business productivity expert. If you had one more hour in your day, so 25 hours, what would you do with the extra hour? I would spend that hour uh, letting my mind wander and generating as many ideas and possibilities as I can. I think um, so much of the day my mind is either on what I'm doing or what I have to do next, staying on track, um, and honestly, uh, worry and anxiety about what I'm doing. But an hour of free, just let my mind go and uh, not wander into fantasy, but just wander into possibility. And I think once my mind is free, I actually generate a lot of very practical uh, solutions and ideas and uh, creative directions. I love that answer. We call that thinking time in my industry. Thinking time, yes. yes. We, and I encourage with my clients one hour a week of thinking time, and you actually have yes. a thinking chair. So you sit in a dedicated oh, like chair. <laughs> no electronics. Uh, you can have paper and pencil and just write down whatever comes to your mind. Um, a lot of times I encourage people to come up with a question. So, for example, how do I grow my business or how do I write my next series of amazing noir fantasy books, yes. whatever and then yes, you answer yes. that on the paper. Sitting in, a, sitting in the question, I love that. It's, it's, it's oh. very generative. Oh, I like that, sitting in the question. That's more, that sounds better than thinking time, sitting in the question. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. I've learned a lot from you. Is there anything else you want to add that we didn't cover? Uh, I don't think so, but I would like to tell people again that, you know, everyone has a story, and now is the time to get it out. It's so easy to publish books. It's the Wild West of publishing out there, and you can take advantage of it. I agree with that. I think everyone has a, should have a book because it gives you credibility. I've got a couple on Amazon myself, and I've got one with a publisher. So there's lots of different ways in all budgets to get out your message. So way to yeah. wrap it up. Listeners, my new report on the top five systems that create massive productivity in your business is available on my website. Just go to nancygaines.com. You can download. And if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thomas, thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S.com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. 
and on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.